0: Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast. Your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent
1: discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. He's going for gold in this track. The captain. If anyone knows me,
2: I love 80s. Classic rubbish pop player. It's kinda interesting where he was at that point in any any
0: time word I've got here, sir. It's, savvy. it's just sappy.
2: And other special guests.
3: Oh, I love it.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, the usual intro, welcoming, welcoming you back to the Pitch and Black podcast. Um, another show, another episode. This will not be a news episode. It's not going to be an update. It's going to be one of our classic... Traditional discussions. Uh, today we're going to be talking about all things initial, beginning, symbolic beginnings, Prince beginnings, whatever, whatever we're going to call it. Um, really, we're going to kind of hone in on um, you know first memories of, of listening to Prince music when we first heard him. How and when and why did you become a fan? All that kind of stuff, um, and go into some wacky arguments and discussions. So tonight's show should be pretty cool. How much money um, you
3: paid for the Batman uh, tin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of weird and wonderful things um, yeah, I'm sure money's going to be on everyone's tongue today um, and, and yeah, while you're, while you're still a Prince fan today uh, I'm just now reading f- You know, some of the topics that we're going to be going through uh, specifically But um, it's going to be good, it's going to be a good show Everyone's here, how's everyone going? Good I'm ready Very good. to laugh
3: at pretty much anything you say MC <laughs> Money, <laughs> right. Money's on everyone's tongue tonight That's a Correct
1: great- Yes, or Steinlager, whatever your <laughs> preference is. Um, i Okay, let's, uh, <laughs> let's 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 start it off. Um, look, this is going to be very different. We're just going to keep it open, open and funky, uh, and going in all sorts of directions. Funky uh, for no reason. Yeah, so everyone's going to be talking over each other. It's going to be very unlike what we what we normally do. <laughs> um, <laughs> be a big bit of a crazy house. I, I guess let's let's start. At, why don't we begin at the beginning and? Um, Maybe go around table and talk about everyone's first memory, first experience, first time. How about this? First time you ever heard a Prince song. Uh, how about let's start with Toe Jam. Oh,
0: well, I can't even remember what song it is, but I'm ever hearing it. Uh, <laughs> and I remember... Uh, that raises more questions than it answers. <laughs> My first memory is I went over to my cousin's place, I was probably like five or six at the time, and he had a copy of Love Sexy on LP. And I just remember seeing the cover and thinking, that just looks wrong, weird. (laughs) 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 And he had it playing in the background, and that's, yeah, that's my first memory, I guess. Mm. Uh, So as to which song it was, I have no idea, but I
1: know it was the Love Sexy album. Did you have a, a reaction, an initial response to the music, or...?
0: Oh, uh, I I don't, I don't know. I, I can kind of remember thinking, "Yeah, that's pretty cool," but at the same time, seeing the cover and going, "What the hell?" I, <laughs> I was only like that, five or six at the time, so geez. That is think, a flower, isn't it?
3: I think that's <laughs> a lot of. I think that's a lot of people's first reaction of Prince is just, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> especially in the eighties. That's a lot of people's first reaction.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Um... Captain, what are your first memories? The first Prince song you ever heard or something similar?
3: First, I think I said this in the Batman review. Bat Dance was the first single wow. that I saw and heard and knew that it was Prince. I mean, I'd, I'd probably seen previous videos, but not registered that that was him. It was just someone. But Bat Dance was the first one. The guitar solo, the shaking the hair everywhere. That video, that's the first video that I saw and knew that that was this this guy. And but uh, that didn't get me into Prince though. That was just another video because was that number one in Australia? I think it was. It was pretty uh, high. it was pretty high up in the charts anyway. Yeah, it would have been because number was, one around yeah. the world,
1: I think. Yeah, because the movie was.
3: But that didn't get me into Prince. That was just a. Uh,
1: Another yeah. song. That's alright, we'll, we'll get we'll get into what actually you know the turning point etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, player, what is, what was the first thing for you?
2: Um, I think from vague memory, I heard controversy, but I didn't really pay attention to it because um, it, it didn't get played much in Australia. And then after that, the 1999 album, like they were playing 1999 and Little Red Corvette pretty much all the time on the radio, um, and that's when I first started to hear about him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow i <laughs> I am way way later than you guys. Uh, I would have got into Prince music around the time of nineteen ninety. 1990... Hmm. So we, we know we s- know Gold is your
3: best album, so it's going to be just before that, I'd say.
1: No, no, no. It's it's afterwards, actually. Well, um, Tojem
0: was going to say something. Sorry. Well, we're talking about first memories. Like you'd never heard of Prince before this.
1: Correct. Wow, that's amazing. No, no, no. Well, sorry. Uh, well, oh God, that sounds wanky. Not, no, not that I never heard of him, but I had never heard him. Okay. Mm. So that's a distinction. A, a distinction. You know, I knew of of Prince and, and Michael Jackson and you know all the all the 80s megastars, um, etc. But I, I'd never really heard him properly. The only as a kid, the only songs I ever knew that that Prince, you know, Prince 4, um, or even related him to, would have been Little Red Corvette, When Doves Cry, and I had heard Cream a few times. So, you know, they're basically the big smashes. Um, and it wasn't until 1996 mm. <laughs> that I had ever f- heard a Prince song from start to finish. Uh, and in fact god, I've just my, my memories must have come back to me because I was about to say that the gold experience was the first album I ever heard which is uh, technically incorrect the first album I ever heard and you guys are going to crack up at this it was 1996 I would have been probably in year 6 or year 7 and I had gone to Sydney City Library and borrowed Emancipation <laughs> Uh. Loaned Emancipation, the three discs, yeah. and listened to that, and that was actually the first time I heard Prince music. And the only uh, the only thing I can put it down to is just a choice. I was just looking through CDs. Don't ask me why. I was just about to say,
3: why did you pick that? That's just random. I
1: was just there. It was a random thing. It was the only thing that I borrowed. I had borrowed some books to read. I just saw it, and because the symbol was on the cover, that did it. If that symbol wouldn't have been on the cover, I don't think I would have picked it up. I just thought, I must have thought, oh, that's interesting. It's it's that symbol, dude. I just feel like listening to something strange and weird. I listened to that, and check this out. I heard the album some of the songs impressed me a lot of it didn't and I didn't go back for another two years like that which is kind of funny to me now you know after 96 between 96 and 98 I listened to basically no Prince music um, mm-hmm. so yeah those are my first memories of of Prince I won't go any further um, I guess we, we've already touched a little bit on Im- impressions of Prince and his music but we'll try to expand that a little bit um, I guess before we were all fans did anyone, aside from hearing of Prince's music and, and him as an artist, as a musician, etc., what, what were your initial impressions of him? What what did everyone think? You know, the usual stereotypes, I'm assuming?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember just... Because I, I always was a bit bit of a musical snob growing up. I didn't like anything that was on the radio kind of thing. And I always remember just thinking, oh, Prince, he's just, you know, like Michael Jackson, Madonna. He just he, he writes his stuff for, you know, for the masses and all this kind of thing. And, you know, never really took the time to appreciate it. Uh, so, and I remember, uh, Toby Diamonds and Pearls time, I remember a friend coming over with a magazine, a music magazine, and he had Diamonds and Pearls stuff in there. And I just remember thinking, oh, this dude, well, what's he talking He's just making hits. Oh, he's got a number one hit. Oh, so what? Who cares? <laughs> oh, he must be, must be bad if he's got a number one hit. It must be terrible. <laughs> like, that was my impression of him was like, oh, you know, he's just doing what he has to do to sell a record kind of thing.
1: Hmm. That's interesting, uh, player. What are, you, what are your impressions? Well, back at back when
2: he was coming out in the '99 and nine era, like he still had that mystique going, and not a lot of people knew what he was about. So everyone was trying to figure out who is this guy, and um, it wasn't really until Purple Rain came out that. I mean, I know I went to it because everyone wanted to know who is this guy and what he's about, so everyone went to the movie to see what... because it, it sort of drew you into it, so I know that's what, what it was for me like, he was still the, in that mysterious phase and you, you had to keep biting into it to to find out more and, and you know, what he was about
1: Okay uh, Captain
2: Um
3: talking
1: about (laughs) your your impressions
3: first impressions well i i heard him before i i did see bat dance but you know that was just another song first time i listened to it and thought this guy's great a friend of mine was playing he took his he had his walkman at school and it had i think it had love sexy on it because he was playing me alphabet street that was the first song that i heard i thought "That's, that's a good song i'll listen to more of this guy and that was, I think it was, it was 91, it was just before Diamonds and Pearls went insanely popular in Australia. And so I heard Alphabet Street and then, um, you know, a few weeks later he had Diamonds and Pearls on, on cassette as well and he was playing me that. And, but at that point I hadn't seen him, if you're talking physical impression of who's this freaky looking guy. <laughs> and it wasn't till I, and I saw the videos for Cream and Diamonds and Pearls, and I thought, yeah, he looks a bit weird, but yeah, so what? Songs are good. I so does care. Kenny
1: Rogers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kenny Rogers, he, he, back in the 80s, did okay, but now he looks a bit scary. He's got the, the beard is so perfectly trimmed, it's just not normal.
1: Alright, let's see, leave let's see Mr. Rogers alone. Be the, the other one. That's, <laughs> We'll save it Bridget- for the grey and black
0: called podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah, I yeah you know, I heard Alphabet Street and I thought yeah this guy's good. It's some funky stuff, and and then Diamonds and Pearls, and then then I went and bought everything. All right. For some reason I didn't go to the concerts in '92. Stupidly, it would have been a great thing. But it would have been fairly.
1: Young. you would have been fairly young though. I mean, I would probably fairly.
3: Fifteen, sixteen,
1: or okay. something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, I guess that, that leaves me. I guess my initial impressions were, now that I think of it, and I didn't have this prepared before the show, um, was listening to Emancipation, and I, it did look, it did leave a fairly strong impression with me. Um, of, I, I guess the, the impression was of interest. I was interested in this this artist, and in his music, but not enough, it didn't leave as much of an impression as what would come later, and I guess between 96 and 98, I had listened to, I had at one at one stage bought um, the Hits compilation, um, separate though, so I never got the B-side, so I bought the Hits 1 and the Hits 2, oh. I was listening to that a lot, and the, I was really getting into it, and really the, the song that... that probably the song that made me a fan would have been it initially was dirty mind it just like blew me away completely oh, and the still, hits
0: listening to the hits
1: yeah yeah like that was just i was like holy shit <laughs> what is this who is this who is this band this guy well, ripped off jump <laughs> exactly <laughs> this freak but but no seriously I was listening to it and I was like that when like when he screams you know like, yeah I man. and I'm like because I it was just a, I was like whoa, whoa this is this is literally changing my world I have not heard music like this before uh and I think actually it was that Disc 2 from memory Begins with Controversy And goes into Dirty Mind Or vice versa Actually no Yeah it is Controversy And Controversy Really sealed the deal for me I mean I know The early Prince tracks But that was like so I wasn't listening To much funk at that time And I was like it was, it was another world, basically. It
3: satisfied your funk cravings. Yeah,
1: that I didn't know I had. So I was, I was just enamored with these two songs. I was like, I wouldn't even... Most of the time, I wouldn't even play the rest of the disc. I was like, Controversy and Dirty Mind. Let's get back to Controversy and Dirty Mind. And for a long time, it was like that. Um, then I became more curious, listened to it. And I guess the impressions f- for me were, is, is, this is a pop artist with a bit of an edge, and that's it. Like, I didn't know he composed the music and the lyrics and that he played most of the stuff himself on his early recordings. I didn't know anything about all the stuff that I know about now. So my impressions were, okay, this guy is definitely... I want to hear more of him now. And um, I guess my final impressions before I really started getting into his music, before I was considered myself a fan, um, would have been... Just before I became a fan was when I walked into... I don't know if anyone... um, uh, I live in Sydney and uh, there used to be a shop around here called oh, was it Spectrum Music or something basically they used to sell second hand CDs I walked in there and I bought the gold experience oh. <laughs> Captain knew this was coming <laughs> uh, and if you thought dirty mind and controversy blew my world then imagine what endorphin machine did to me <laughs> um, it was just ridiculous I must have bought it for like 10 or 11 bucks in those days even and um yeah that's 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 just before I became a fan meaning just before I listened to that disc and then since then it's just been ridiculous it's like no one who compares so.
3: and you just bought that as well because it had the symbol on the front
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's the um, symbol
3: man mm.
1: so yeah that that's that's it those are my impressions um, I, uh, moving to something very very t- to a topic I guess very similar to what we're talking about is how you actually became a fan I'll um, oh, finish off my little Gold Experience story so that everyone can go into their stories, because I think they'll probably have more substance. How did MC, Slowmo mo become a fan? He listened to The Gold Experience. That's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> I know I mentioned Controversy and Dirty Mind before, and that, like, it did blow my mind. It changed my world. But I, I wouldn't have considered myself a fan of him. I was just a fan of those two songs. But when I heard The Gold Experience, that, I wore that album out. I just... To the point that when I put that album on, I just think of a certain time in my life now because I was just playing it everywhere I went. Everything I did was just the Gold Experience, and and I was just enamored with it. And still to this day, I think it's it's one of his greatest albums, and one of the greatest albums ever released. It's just so, I don't know, you know. So everyone's got everyone's got their own, but that's how I became a fan. I became a fan by listening to that and then researching. I started trying to read you know books about him any available information and the funny thing happens you know i don't know if other prince fans or if you guys have the same same thing happened to you uh the more i read about him the more curious i became
0: mm, absolutely and
1: and and the more i satisfied those curiosities the more the more interesting he became and then the more interesting he became the more i started listening to the music and searching out videos and other and then the more God like that just opens up you know a plethora of CDs videos you know albums singles cassettes you know media coverage and then just the more you learn about this guy you realise that God even if you hated his music like there's just all this (laughs) it's you know it's basically an enigma um,
3: An ignib- what is it? An enigma wrapped in a something? In bacon. Oh, in bacon.
1: <laughs> yeah, bacon and cheese. <laughs> Stuffed
3: in a chicken eaten by a cow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. So that's how I became a fan. Just by... Gold Experience started it all, really. Um, my fandom and then everything else. The stories um, and, and all the material out about him. I just... It was... I knew that my world, my musical world, would never be the same, and uh, I could go on and on, but I won't. Uh, How about Captain? How did you become a fan, officially?
3: That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. Like, I heard Alphabet Street, I bought Diamonds and Pearls, actually, now that I think about it, I bought Diamonds and Pearls, and anyone who knows, I I like pop music, and Diamonds and Pearls had some very good crafted well crafted pop songs so that's probably what did it then and then i went and bought everything before that and listened to everything but yeah it would have been diamonds and pearls the album which which makes me sound like an idiot because that's when a whole lot of people jumped on the the prince bandwagon and just because it was popular yeah but in a way that's right because I like pop music, which pop is popular music. But I've really got this love for the perfectly crafted pop song, and Diamonds and Pearls had a fair few of those. So yeah, it was I Diamonds with. and Pearls. You you disagree?
1: No, I agree with I that. I agree <laughs> with that. The only the only um the only thing that, that spoils Diamond and uh, and Diamonds and Pearls is uh, Jughead. And Push, uh, if those two songs went on that album, that'd be a, a meticulous album, in my opinion. Some great work on there.
0: Looking, like we're push. looking forward to doing that one as a review. I like Push.
1: Mm. I like Push. Oh, God. <laughs> push so could have been a single. You don't, you don't want me on the mic. <laughs> you don't you want, want me, on me on the mic. mic. Yeah, man. But and off, it. Get get and I'm pumping up. And I'm pumping up. And I'm
3: pumping up. But Get Off is a better track. I can see why it's... <laughs>
1: Tony Mosley, give us a call. Toe Jam. and how not... did you really become a... Um,
0: how did I did become, become a fan? A... Well, um, I think there's probably three things that all sort of came together. It's like the planet you know, aligned, and there was three <laughs> things that all sort of happened within the same sort of period of time. And I'm probably talking 90, 98, around there. 98, early 99.
1: Okay, around um, the same time as me, coincidentally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember because... I was a trumpet player I was in high school then. I was a trumpet player And I was Really big into Miles Davis And all this You know Because it was kind of It wasn't hit It wasn't hit So it must be good Because it wasn't a hit Sort of thing <laughs> So I was really into Miles Davis And you know Reading his biography And he, he kept talking In his biography About how much he liked Prince And I'm like Man, shut up Just talking about Prince <laughs> Keep talking about John Coltrane And all these Pretty cats <laughs> about Cool uh, So yeah I was like Okay, this is interesting Miles was like, Prince Whatever and at the same time, I was going through a bit of a nostalgic stage as well, back to my youth. And I remember I always loved the Batman movie as a kid. And my friend at the time, his um, family owned a record store. And so I was kind of hounding him, Hey, can you get me that Prince soundtrack that my dad bought me years ago and I only had for two days? Just because I like, you know, for the nostalgic purposes, really. So that, that was kind of happening. And then at the same time, I think on... I think it was Red TV then, before it was Channel V, it was called Red That's right. Uh, Yeah, they had like a Prince special on. And it was on, there was some big football match. I was watching the football and I was just flipping, you know, watching this Prince special in between the ads kind of thing. And by the end of the football, I'd completely just given up on the football and just was just watching this Prince thing. So I was like, man, this is actually pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, all those sort of three things came together at the same time. And um, I think a couple of songs that really stood out for me was 1999, the song when they played that on that. It's on the, um, you know, video review show. I remember thinking that's like really cool that song. And um, so a, I think that's a pop song. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> unbelievable pop songs. So I think after that I went and bought the hits one again, similar to UMC. I went I went out and bought the hits just <laughs> primarily for $19.99 because I liked the song $19.99. And from that I remember thinking I remember liking. Um, I remember the whole thing sounded really. St- uh, the whole disc sounded really, like, empty because all the music I was listening to at the time was really, like, you know, deep bass kind of stuff. Mm. And all of, like, things like When Doves Cry just sounded really weird and <laughs> out there. And pop life, things like that, just sounded really, like, and I y Yeah, but they had some sort of quality that just kept kind of drawing me back to listening to this CD over and over and over. So, um, yeah, that's basically how I became a fan. Uh, are we doing
1: What Sealed the Deal as well, or...? Might as well, yeah. I mean, I, I spoke about Gold Experience a little bit. I think yeah. Captain Diamonds well, and Pearls sealed it for him, so yeah. The first album I bought that was like the
0: new album, like in terms of Prince has released a new album, I'll buy the new album, was Rave and To The Joy Fantastic. And I know that, that that album's not the greatest album, but the song Strange But True kind of sealed the deal for me because that, that thing is whack. There's so much <laughs> happening yeah. in the song. I could I've listen, listened to that song a million times and I still hear new things in that song and so I think the combination of all the above and that song that just sealed the deal for me
1: that's strange by truth eh Jim but true uh Player what are your you know what, what are your kind of the, the steps leading up to your fandom uh I guess it,
2: it really starts with the parents I guess um, my my dad was into like a lot of blues and rock um B.B. King John Lee Hooker Led Zeppelin boss gags, all that sort of stuff, and whereas my mom was into a lot of R&B and Motown and Sam Cooke and George Bentz and Randy Crawford, so you could sort of see where this was going, like it's a combination of the rock and R&B, which is what kind of Prince does. Mm. Um, uh, Stevie Wonder was a lot of stuff that was playing in the house as well, but also too, like that's what like my parents were playing, but amongst that I was listening to radio and all this early 80s stuff was coming through, like we are getting good stuff... The great thing about being in Australia, you could hear things from the U.K. and the U.S., and you we're getting a lot of that. So, U.K., there was all this new romantic era stuff coming through. In the U.S., you got New Wave. So, there was a lot, of, <clears throat> a lot of content that was coming through. And so, I think Prince was just like a natural progression. And when he came out with this 1999 stuff, it just sounded like really fresh. And there was a lot, like all the synths were layered, and it just sounded really futuristic and I think that like drew me in because it didn't sound like anything else it was just like a really futuristic sort of thing and I think once it got to purple rain and when I saw the movie and just sitting there and then you know the the start of the movie where he's got the silhouette he says Dilly beloved and all the (laughs) girls in the cinema they're just screaming I've never heard anything like it they lost it and it's like who is this guy you know it was just just drew you in as to why like who this guy is and and then also at that time, he had The Time Out and um, Apollonia and then Sheila E. came along. And, you know, you all picked up that it was from this one guy. And you think, wow, this guy's doing... Like, it, it had a similar sound and it sounded really good. And he was behind it all. And But I remember after I, I saw Purple Rain, because cause I was younger and I went with the parents, they didn't want me to really get into Prince Music because after they saw, like... Um, the Apollonia Love it. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> and Darling Nikki and all that. Like, I wasn't allowed to get the album, so... Um, you know, I listened to it on the radio, and then around the world in a day came, and there was Raspberry Beret, and I got into that. And Kiss came out, and I got into that. And I'm, uh, by this time, I was thinking, well, this is a guy that's not just like a one-hit wonder. He's, he's like a guy that it can actually, you know, write um, some decent material. So I think the first album I really got, uh, you know, that I could buy by that time was Parade. But when I bought it, I didn't like it at all. I only like <laughs> Kiss off that. And um, my cousin who's a year older than me, she she likes a lot of things that I like. And you know? when she heard it, she goes, oh, this is really funky. And then I started to listen to it again because of what she said. So I started to listen to it a bit more intensely, and then I got right into it. And then from there on, you know, it was sort of times and all that. So it's always sort of been there, but, um, yeah, it's just sort of eased in. And then ever since then, just
1: gone nuts. <laughs> You know, as I can hear all of us talking about this and kind of reminiscing about the past and different eras and different people that introduced us or different ways we found the music, it's just this this thought, very simple thought, crossed my mind. Um, I just thought to myself, imagine if I had never discovered Prince and his Prince's music.
3: You'd be a lot richer. So would I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so would all of us. Other than the financial and mental implications, I'm just thinking to myself. Uh, this might sound, this might come across as very lame and, and kind of corny, but I can't imagine my, m- you know, my listening environment, my musical world without this artist in it somewhere. It's just it, it would it would be incomplete knowing what I know and having heard the, you know, the, the the vast amount of material. Now, I mean, I don't know. You guys may feel the same way, but I just thought to myself, if I had never heard a single Prince song, knowing what I know. I, that it, it would have le- it it'd leave a massive gap in my not only musical vocabulary but in my musical tastes um, and I can't say that for every artist you know there's plenty of artists out there that I think to myself well if I never heard them big deal yeah not with this guy this this kind of changed my world definitely so it's just an interesting thing to um to think about um hmm. yeah <laughs> I think I could. You
3: could what? I could I could live if. Oh no no. I can imagine if I had never heard Prince, because there's a lot of other artists that I really like, and I could imagine not getting into Prince.
1: No, no I guess I can imagine it as well. Um, I'm not saying I couldn't. But knowing what you not know. music, uh, yeah, but that's I guess that's what I meant. Like yeah. to the enjoying his music to the extent that I do, it's difficult to think of a world without those songs without mm-hmm. that music in it and there are other artists which I'm that I'm huge you know maybe not to the exact same extent but there are artists that I that I like to a, to a huge extent and it's just there's, there's a difference there I don't know maybe it's maybe it's a, a sickness
3: Ben you spent 8 billion dollars going to Montreux I didn't so I think if, I think you're a bit higher up the, the level than I am
1: we'll get to that we'll get to that actually that's probably the next point that's probably the next point to, to get into. But one thing, uh, maybe we should, um, look, we're, we're going to do a, an episode at, at one point going through our musical influences, but I thought it would just be interesting if we very briefly, guys, go around the table and talk about, or maybe not even talk about, just mention, just for for anyone who's listening, some of the artists, Jam already started this off, um, and maybe he can include some artists that he hasn't mentioned, that, that you were listening to. Either before you became a fan, or before you had even heard of Prince music, maybe start off with um with Player. Uh, what, is it, it is it, there it, too much? <laughs> yeah, there, well, there was a lot. um I mean, it, what who what who, what other artists were you fans of before you you could you could classify yourself a fan of Prince music? Just just it'd be interesting to see the progression, you know, because like like Captain mentioned, there's a he's you know he's not the be all and end all, far from it. Yeah. I'm gonna have, you're going to have to get back to me on that one because I haven't thought. Yeah, um, okay. No worries. Um,
2: you've got a massive list, player of...
1: <laughs> I'll, you, start, that. That I'll start with myself. I'll just say that uh, around the time of 96, when I first heard Emancipation, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, uh, something I haven't revealed publicly <laughs> <laughs> up until this point. Um, I haven't revealed it on our forums on our show to you guys nothing like that but uh, I was a a Michael Jackson fan it's funny I should say this I was a huge Michael Jackson fan but I only owned two CDs history book one and book two and it's kind of strange like I wasn't a, a, a Michael Jackson fanatic but I was a huge fan of his music and his songs to the degree that once in my public school play and I'm gonna that shall remain nameless I'm ready to I, laugh I actually came out and did a two song with backing vocalists and dancers and me dressed as Michael Jackson <laughs> <laughs> that's what I
3: was waiting for did a,
1: did a performance and basically we, we we started with They Don't Care About Us and I did I finished with Beat It Was um, the wig but wait 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 no 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 check this out I wasn't wearing a wig I was on the day of the performance after two weeks of rehearsals similar to the Montreux <laughs> rehearsals that Prince did um, I come in the morning to the to the assembly hall and just before I'm about to go on stage music's already playing I started playing you know the de- <laughs> yeah. and I'm about to come out doing that little what uh, do you whatever you call it the um, Indian rainstorm dance thing that he does Um <laughs> I figure out that I've left my long black pants at home and I have to go out on stage because I'm MJ I've got everything else I've got the glove I've got the the shirt I've got everything else I've got the shoes so check this out guys I go out and I perform the two songs in front of parents, friends and family and bewildered spectators might I add (laughs) in everything that I was supposed to wear But in substitute of long black pants, I'm wearing my short, short blue hard yakka school shorts. (laughs) It looked ridiculous. (laughs) I know we're wavering slightly from there, from how did you become a Prince fan, but I thought I'd put that in for a laugh. It, it was it was really insane, and someone's got video footage out there. But we'll save that for that the black
0: and white podcast. <laughs> the
1: black and white. That'll be right after the black and grey Kenny Rogers show. Um, yeah, so, so so I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, uh, and just thought that was it. This is the be all and end all of music, and since then I've grown to um, R.I.P. Michael Jackson, but change my um. My musical tastes severely, and respecting a lot of the, his his art and his craft. But just moving on to, you know, just a, a lot more. I guess the word is musical. You know, live bands and all that kind of stuff. So that was it. But I was also a huge fan of Dire Straits, specifically the live album Alchemy, which was the first album and pre That was the album that changed my way of listening to music. So if anyone hasn't heard Alchemy live double disc set, go out. Go out there and get it now because it's an amazing live album. So I'm going from Dire Straits and Michael Jackson to Prince. Not so surprising. Um,
2: actually, actually, when you asked me and I said I didn't know, actually, you've you've basically um, made me remember it, it was Michael Jackson that I was into. And the reason I got into Prince was because at that time with Thriller and all that coming out, it was really uh, it got to a point for me where it's really oversaturated. Like he was everywhere. Mm. And I saw Prince as a bit more cult-like. It was a bit yeah. more different and a bit more underground. So, it, yeah. So that's what that's what I was listening to at the time. It okay. Just made me remember. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, sorry for that ten-minute story, guys. Maybe Toe Jam's thought of um, anyone else other than Miles Davis, John Coltrane that he was. Yeah, well,
0: I think the first albums I actually bought in terms of you know, went out and bought specifically with my pocket money kind of thing was um, Miles' is kind of Blue,
1: hmm.
0: and. Uh, Jamiroquai, the first one of their first album, Emergency, Emergency on, Planet, on Earth. Planet Earth. Yeah. That's a great and, album. That's a yeah, great that album. Yeah, that is. And also, do you guys remember Directions and Group, Australian band? Yeah, 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 yeah. I bought I think it was um was it the Dig Deeper or Speakeasy, one of those. I can not remember which one it was. Cool. But that was because I, you know, I um, in back in high school, like the guys in like grade eleven and twelve, that's what they were listening to. The guys in the you know the jazz <laughs> band. So I thought, oh, that must be cool because they like that. So oh, yeah. oh, I like two kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's what that's pretty much what I was listening to at the time. Uh, I'll just say
3: one thing about Dig. I saw uh, not that many years ago. I saw the bass player from Dig playing with a, another band, and he had a like a, a loop thing, loop station on his bass. Yeah, and he'd like play a thing on the bass and loop it, and then that'd play keep playing, and then he'd play stuff over the top of that, and that blew my freaking mind because I'd never yeah. seen it up until that point. And first time just, you
0: see it, hey, it's amazing. But now everyone's, ah. yeah.
3: now yeah. everyone's doing it. But then it was the first time I'd seen it, and it just blew me away. It was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the first, yeah, the first band I really got into in terms of buying the albums and all that was probably Jimi Rokway, and yeah, I thought they were the be-all and end-all kind of thing at the time.
1: Mm. So, uh, Captain, have we hit you yet? No. No, we haven't. What, I was, um... I
3: was now the, It's weird, because listening to you say things, it reminds you of, of uh, things that happen. <laughs> and I probably got into Michael Jackson the same time as Prince. Okay. I bought... The weird thing was, I was really into Michael Jackson as well. I had every single that was released from Dangerous, but I never had the album until, you know, about a couple of years ago. But I, okay. I I had bought every single single and the remix singles, everything that was released related to Dangerous, but I never had the album for some reason. But, yeah, it would have been about the same time. It was like 91, 92, Dangerous and Diamond Pearls. They both came out pretty much the same time, and I got into both of them. But after Dangerous... You know, it was pretty quiet for Michael for a couple of years, and then Prince was still doing things, so that's where I went.
2: <laughs> Instead and before of that, you're into Kenny Rogers, The
1: Gambler, and Cindy Lauper, wasn't it?
3: <laughs> oh, Cyndi Lauper's not bad. But <laughs> but even before Michael Jackson and Prince, I grew up on the radio, and it was just pop. Yeah. 80s, you know, 87, great, yeah. 88, 89, that's the the best years ever <laughs> for pop music, and that's never going <laughs> to oh, change.
1: no. But, so wrong.
3: Uh, the first album that I can remember buying was John Farnham, Whispering Jack, of course. That's so wrong, too. That's a great album. And I still like John Farnham. I saw him twice last week. And... But, yeah, it was... Wasn't 80s. that
1: at a winery or something?
3: No, he did. He was at Star City for... Uh, okay. I think he did like two weeks. He did like 12 shows. All sold out. It was crazy.
1: Shit. She's doing more live gigs than Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and John Farnham's 60. Oh, I suppose Prince is 50,
3: 50-something, 51. Mm. Something
0: 51, 51 yeah. So this is like, he's like Prince also. He
1: does a, this is the last time tour uh, every three years. Kind of <laughs> the last time I'm going to
3: play the song. <laughs>
1: uh, if you're like me, you really, you really wish it was the last time, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Each to their own. Um just uh, sidestepping into another interesting uh, kind of point of discussion we've all talked about you know when we first heard Prince music how we became fans what album sealed the deal etc etc I just want to skip ahead to something else now um, which is kind of a touchy topic and it's almost like a um, uh, a topic for another show you know we could probably talk about this for another hour or so but print, people's reactions to uh, not necessarily Prince and his music but Let's talk about, you know, what the type of reactions you guys have received, and you know, what type of action reactions I've received from um, family, friends, co-workers, etc., when they find out that you're either a Prince fan or you listen to Prince music. Uh, th- th- there should be some interesting stories here. Has is- is anyone off the cuff got anything up front that they want to say? Anyone? It's Not got a really. I've just got the no?
3: usual things, well, I what's guess. This, uh, what's,
1: what's the usual?
3: The usual is, oh, what sort of music do you like? Prince oh that freak <laughs> isn't he gay I heard he had his ribs removed so he could suck it <laughs> <laughs> that's the usual
1: that's the usual, that that is the usual. usual yeah. that's, that's so weird. strange hey Answer. so ignorant <laughs> <Yeah>. that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> you do a perfect <laughs> impression of of, of, of of the public exactly. what's the other one you get what's
0: his real name
1: a yeah. oh, Symbol uh. Isn't he a symbol Isn't he No that's not his name Isn't he a symbol Artist yeah.
3: probably known as Prince uh...
1: I Yeah I I um, cap. Always get Isn't he gay Yeah And do you know the thing that That kind of... Uh, we 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 generally talk fun on this show. We don't take ourselves or anything else too seriously, I, I hope, or, you know, unless we're very serious about our, you know, opinions of a song, or Captain's dislike of Whammy, and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, I have to say, in all seriousness, whenever I've mentioned I'm a prince or whatever, and someone says, oh, isn't he gay? I now respond with, if he was... What, what's wrong with that like what do you know what I mean it's, a, it's such a it's such a strange judgement call to make mm-hmm. it's what, like as what if, if what if he is
3: so what it's like
1: well I don't know what difference does it make what difference is if he's gay or, or, or whatever <laughs> it's like a, it's just a it's not it's not based on a dislike of the I music, mean it might be yeah. it, it might be but it, the response the actual response itself is not about the music it's not even really about the person it's like isn't he gay it's just to me it's a it, it's a it's a pure reflection of the of the person that's saying that as opposed to anything else but yeah,
3: you've got to remember that we can look at Prince and you know look at all these songs and albums and that's what we appreciate but people who aren't a fan or even like him.
1: All right, but regardless, people that listen to Queen, all right, okay. Granted, Freddie Mercury might not have been as effeminate, but the first thing, that, like, if you say I'm a Queen fan, people don't go, "Oh, isn't Freddie Mercury gay?" Yeah, like, no that's one says the, that. <laughs> yeah, no one. Isn't that weird? But, but isn't that for strange? Prince, where does it even come from? Because he's always had this. Re- Elton doesn't get that much flack, and he's the one of the, <laughs> the gayest of them all.
3: Prince has always had this really <laughs> sexy image, and he's always been with women. So I don't know where the that even comes from for people well, to on, say, Captain, "Is he?" Come It's got to be the hills. I don't get
0: it. <laughs> it is strange, actually. I remember reading something on, you know, some forum about this and talking about how, you know, it's hard for, a, you know, a black artist to wear makeup and not come across as being gay. And I remember thinking at the time, oh yeah, whatever. But it is actually interesting because you have like people like David Bowie and and Kiss and all this that wear all their makeup and and they don't ever get labelled as that.
1: Kiss they're... have never been labelled gay in the history of rock music. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Do you reckon? No. No because it's more theatrical their makeup yeah. though mm. yeah it's yeah Thomas I guess it's Cooper. kind of it's kind of but yeah theatrical. he never that is theatrical David Bowie though I mean yeah. I think some people probably thought he was there's a bit of an androgyny theme there again
0: it's almost like oh that's okay because it's David Bowie but with Prince it's almost like oh he's gay
1: kind of thing just, is that actually yeah. how you pronounce it because I always said Bowie I think it's Bowie is it Bowie no one have, I,
3: I, I just I, want to see him say his name because it's. I've heard David Bowie David Bowie He loves Bowie. the mystery
1: <laughs> I think um, a, a Toe totally brings up an interesting point and I, I knew this conversation was going to go in all different directions but um, an interesting thing is James Brown James Brown wore heaps of makeup okay it might yes. not have been the same type of makeup that, it might not have been Maybelline <laughs> but no one said James was st- Brown was gay and, and he's a better way better example and preempting James Brown, what about Little Richard? Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I mean, and I'm sure that I mean those are common examples, but I'm sure there are way, way more examples. It's just, it was it's, a fruity, fruity though, wasn't he? <laughs> 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 just it? was it a rolly a jolly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just I don't know. So, I, I, was in um, I was in the US this year, and um, oh, Little so Richard. <laughs> little, Little Richard was actually playing in a little little club little jazz club i think in uh new york in the middle of the year celebrating his 70th birthday and it was like a one-off show i almost went to it it would have been really interesting i think just for curiosity's sake but anyway that's another story but yeah i mean you got all these people that that um i mean those are famous examples i'm sure there are numerous examples you know people wearing makeup dressing strangely differently etc that aren't Implicated like that I don't know, I don't know what it is I, don't, I really don't know what it is It must be the, the Combination of Falsetto makeup And high heels I mean If you're not a Prince fan I guess that makes I mean y- You wouldn't Yeah <laughs> You know it's, it's pretty convincing Isn't
3: it uh, Yeah I'm, apart from I'm, the fact I mean so. he's always with women He's wearing loads of makeup He Most of the time He's wearing these Pretty high Shoes And Singing in A high girly voice so yeah. I can
1: I can see where it comes. I, from. I can see it as well. Yeah, it's just strange. But um, any other any other reactions from parents, friends, family, girlfriends, anything, anyone? Oh, I still cop it from the family. From the family? Oh, just Ooh. jokingly. Just jokingly. <laughs> okay. What do they say?
0: Oh, no, he's whoa, strut, strutting around in heels, and makeup. Oh, you know, <laughs> this kind
1: of thing. <laughs> the usual. Yeah, the just usual. The usual the
0: usual
3: there's this girl girl I know and I only see her probably every two or three years but usually in the first five minutes the question comes do you still like Prince?
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a funny question yeah I've had people think I was joking oh you like Prince yeah that's really funny what do you you actually (laughs) like? you Good (laughs) (laughs) joke. you're a comedian (laughs) uh, that's insane you guys get a lot of people that don't even realise he plays guitar yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that well, does is, he play uh, guitar, does he?
1: I, like, they just think he's miming up there or something. I don't know. The funny thing about that is that <laughs> if he only, like, played guitar, i.e., like, strummed chords and stuff, that, that would in itself be, in, in, like, interesting. But the fact that he's, like, a ripping guitar guitarist makes it even more ridiculous. It's like... Well, I think that's, that's part of the
0: reason is, is, is why, and I'm sure you guys too, why you become a fan is because you think, you finally, it dawns on you, man, this guy's an awesome singer. And then, you know, six months down the track, it'll dawn on you, man, this guy plays guitar like no one else. Then another six months down the track, you're like, yeah, this guy writes songs like And it's just this, this sort of like two or three year period where you're just kind of blown away every couple of months about what he can do kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think you've probably hit on the nail for the head. Well, you have hit the nail on the head for me, because that's exactly it. Like like I said, I was like researching, and I was grabbing at everything. I can. You know, I was just trying to hear everything and see everything and read everything, and that's exactly what it was, just this massive snowball of information. It's like, you know, I sometimes I think to myself, oh, God, I'm giving him too much credit, you know. Just so what that he can play all these instruments? There are plenty of artists, like... Uh, that do that, you know. Um, I mean, when I say plenty, I mean there, there are numerous. There, there's a good number of them. But but then I think to myself, well, hold on, like, at, no one does it at that level consistently in that package. And no one sounds like him. Like, mm. no one sounds like him. A lot of people sound like they're imitating his sound.
3: Yeah,
1: And when That's I mean. say his... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and it's... But a lot of <laughs> people... They just can't get it. And, you know, he's not a true original. He's original in the way that he does things. But, he's t- he's t- you know, he's drawing on influences. That's what yeah, music's yeah. about.
3: He's a big amalgam of lots of yeah. things.
1: and an amalgam that you, is very, a rare breed. You've
3: got James Brown. You've got Jimi Hendrix. You've got Sly Stone. You've got a, even a bit of David Bowie in that mm. for the whole look. There's loads, yeah, was, loads of...
1: There's, there's, there's probably way more. That's, than that, yeah, that's just the ones know, I can think of now. But yeah, there's loads. Yeah, but um, Rick yeah. James, bitch. I get. I used to get. Um, <laughs> I I still obviously get responses, but I I have never actually, when someone says, "What kind of music do you listen to?" I'm like, "Oh, I, I always say I listen to a wide variety of stuff." But by far, my you know my favorite artist is Prince. I've never received an, an what I deem a normal reaction, meaning, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> Yeah, it is you know, weird, eh? It's weird. I never, ever, and and the only reaction, the only time I receive received an all reaction is from a fellow fan, and that's and awesome that's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very rare thing. Um, when someone goes, weird. "Oh, me too," it's like, "Oh, Dad, you're shitting me."
0: <laughs> no way. It's, also, is, it's very polarizing. It's like you know, you either you either love him or you hate him, as someone said on one of those documentaries. Like, mm. <laughs> I think it's true. Like you know, you either, you're either in the know and you know what he can do. Or you just kind of shut out, and you have all you
2: have is this sort of MTV image of what you think Prince is. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I find, definitely agree. with them.
2: I find that um, when when I was growing up and being at school and stuff, you got you copped a lot of shit for it. But now, I find now that if I'm talking to someone of a like a younger generation, like in their teens or early twenties, if you mention Prince, they sort of look at him as like a musical legend. So sometimes they like they respect him more than. You know, some of your music. yeah, so then someone in your own age group, and mainly I think that's because they're not sort of fully aware of his music. They're just aware that he can do a lot of things. Mm.
3: That's interesting because I never really talked to anyone younger than me anyway. Mm. But that's that's good to know.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, I'm 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 sure there are artists that have as as po- as polarized a fan base as he does, but. I can't think of many like you know there, there are a lot of I hate to bring up like bands like Coldplay and U2 and I, I don't want to turn this into a discussion about artists but I guess pop art even like the Beatles and things like that you know they a lot of people like the Beatles a lot of people love the Beatles but a lot of people like kind of like the. not a lot of people kind of like Prince either people are like fans or they think he's gay <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Pretty much it <laughs> And that's more or less. Like there are some that that like him, but those are the those are the ones that will either think he's gay eventually or end up loving him. <laughs> like they're probably they've only just recently discovered his music. Um, I'm being facetious slightly, but you know, like it's it's that kind of thing. I, I definitely see it. So. You know what else
2: I found? I found that um, like in the lead up to the Diamonds and Pearls tour, like every year there was a rumour that he was gonna come to Australia and it always fell through. And mm. When the rumors came out, like, when I was still at school, you know, people come up to me and say, oh, you know, Prince is supposed to be touring, are you going? I said, yeah, of course, if it's on, I'm there, sort of thing. And, like, I'm, like, who would want to go with me? And, like, no one would, like, it seemed <laughs> like no one was into Prince. Oh, and my then God. when Diamonds and Pulsar Tour came out, like, that show everyone out. Every, everyone went. They even had to put it on at the SCG. See
3: yeah, what they did? I think initially he was doing two shows. Yeah, it, it and then was, it went to it, five, and right. then they then they had to book the SCG one for that's
2: the right. sixth one. Yep, to hold forty thousand because there was just so much demand. Everyone wanted to go and check Prince out, but in leading up to that, no one would admit that they were a Prince fan. Yeah,
1: that's interesting, especially when you think about the two thousand and three tour that he did in Australia. And this will be another separate show. I know we always say it, but it will be a separate podcast. The thing for me was like uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time. Um, which was good for me because I had someone to go with. But, it, yeah, I was the same thing. Like, I had mates that were, you know, keen. Some of them were musicians. Some of them were into music, the music scene. No one wanted to go. And the responses I kept getting were like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's awesome. He's an awesome live musician. He's they're like, listen, um, and these were my mates, so they wouldn't give me the same gold crap that everyone else did. You know, like, oh, he's gay. They were like, listen, like, I know you like... His music, we're not really into it, blah blah blah. I'm sure he's great, we respect his talents, but we're just not into it, you know. That's and that's fair enough. But no one wanted to the point I'm making is no one wanted to go with me to the shows, I Plus the tickets
3: girlfriend. weren't that cheap either. Yeah. And plus that's he true. didn't have an album to promote. He wasn't in lines well, was in, yeah, in
1: yeah. Australia
3: anyway. He wasn't around.
1: Yeah. that's on People's the back of the news album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean no one no one, no one, no one wanted to, no one wanted to go. No one really wanted to go. And that was like kind of like hmm you know thousands of people will go without like might without even thinking about it will go check out around that time I think a few of my mates went to see like Offspring or something. And, and I was like you don't want to check out Prince live like it's, it's just strange to me. Obviously I was I was a fan by then, but it was just it was just weird to me so I ended up going with my girlfriend and she's not a fan at the moment and probably never will be but um, you know like there are songs that she absolutely adores and loves and that's good for her you know everyone's got their own taste but when she saw him live we've been to tens and tens of gigs since then and not many gigs for for her like none have compared for me but even she says that like you know it it really was uh, unique and 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 ridiculously good in comparison to, to virtually everyone, anyone we've ever seen live. So. I've had that it's as well. Um, probably three or four
0: people over the years that I've spoken to that have said, you know, they know I'm a principal, and they're like, oh, you know, I knew someone that went to that show, and, man, they said it was like the best show ever they'd seen. And, and um, mm. it's funny how, you know, it, he did leave a, a reputation, I think, even though it was a brief and pretty small tour. But Actually, it, I, same here, I know
3: a lot of people who either went to the Diamonds and Pearls show or know someone who said and they all said it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to but still if you ask him if they're a Prince fan nah isn't he gay?
1: Mm. <laughs> I don't care I, a- I mean at the end of the day I, I personally it doesn't really make a difference to me if someone's a fan or not um, that's fine like, everyone listens to their own music you know uh, Prince isn't the only artist there's a lot of artists out there and a lot of bands and artists that I like you know you guys probably wouldn't like etc that's all Common knowledge. That's a fact. That's fine. But when some, like you know, we've talked about it tonight. When someone, um, says, "Oh, I just don't. Re- I'm not really into him." Fair enough. But all the other stuff that comes with it, I just, I always find it interesting. It never gets old for me. How how <laughs> ridiculous the whole thing is, do you know? Because there's a difference between saying, "Yeah, I, I just tend to listen to. I, I like this type of know, I listen to jazz exclusively." Fair enough. But like, oh, he's an idiot he's gay, he's this, he's that. It's like, well, all right. Well. Yeah, it's just and funny. They, like
0: they, People give you so much shit about it, don't they? Yeah. They do, they do. And, and it's all in, its all joking and funny, but it's just like, man, give it a rest. Yeah, it's just kind of pointless. Just
3: one thing, with those 2003 shows that he did here, and he, Ali did, what, two concerts in Sydney, two in Melbourne, one in Brisbane. Yep. I just hope that that tour for him was financially viable that it doesn't convince him that it's not worth coming back here. I mean, obviously, Diamonds and Pearls was way worth coming here for. But then coming here with no album to promote and not selling a lot of shows, I hope that just didn't put him off and think, well, I'm not going to come back here. We only did five shows. I think well, from We memory,
1: might just break even. He sold out both Melbourne shows from memory and Tojo might correct me on this, but the Brisbane one, the first Sydney one was sold out, and the second Sydney one was only at probably 70%, 75% capacity. Mm. So he sold out most shows, like, with no album, with virtually no promotion, etc. So, I mean, I'm sure that... Like, if he came back now, 2009 or whatever, I don't think there'd be an issue. And the, the one good thing that we've got on our side in the future, as long as the economy continues, I mean, that's a complex argument, but, you know, the the dollar's going up, which is... Which oh, yes, is fairly, to come here now,
3: that's not going to happen.
1: Which is fairly... No, well, why not? I mean, that's the dollar, what is it, like 80, what? 86, 80.
3: 87 cents. That's awesome. Mm. Not for him. <laughs> He's going to be making, you know, 20% less than he would come at another time. Have I got it the right so, way around?
1: I think I do. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, think so.
3: No, right now our dollar is buying a lot more US dollars than it used to which means for them it's getting a lot less Australian dollars
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't know, know if they for him. I don't know if they particularly see it that way, I mean I guess
3: Just looking at yeah, you know, I see exchange what you're rates he, he could make he could come now and make 20% so maybe, less than if he may, came when the dollar was like 70 wrong. cents my,
1: my, my mind has lapsed, so I, if it's 50 cents it's great for him
3: Oh god, yeah. If he came, well, is everyone uh, following this? Yep. If he came September last year when the dollar dropped to fifty-five cents,
1: <laughs> Australian to American, he would have. This is this loved. is what I don't understand because I'm looking at uh, going to the. Uh, I'll, I'll make this very short. Going to the Byron Bay Blues Fest next year, and the the guy that owns it and the, uh, one of the co-founders, he's booking, has been booking artists to come to, and he said that. The fact that the Australian dollar is stronger now against the US has allowed him, or uh, he didn't say this, but um, alluded to the fact that you know it's now easier and better, and more artists, um, you know, high-profile artists will be coming down. So I don't know what he meant by that, but I see your point. It actually would be better for, the, yeah, the other way around. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Um, back to the show, and MC.
3: Oh, <laughs> What's yeah. the stupidest, most obsessive thing you've ever done as a Prince
2: fan?
1: Surely you can't start with me. <laughs> um, yeah, let's leave that to the end, shall we, guys? <laughs> What's the stupidest, most crazy, obsessive, ridiculous thing you guys have ever done? Let's start with the most craziest. <laughs> who, who would it be? I think it'll be you. All right, other than me. <laughs> God's sake. I don't
0: anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Well, I, I did something similar to you, I guess. Um, US. Yeah, because I, I, um, I missed the Australian tour because I was in England at the time and I was deeply pissed. And so I you know, basically made a promise to myself that next wherever he tours next, you're going to go see sort of thing. And so he did the musicology tour. And luckily, it actually worked out really well uh, with the uh, exchange rate between the pounds and the American dollar at the time. That uh, yeah, I, I flew all, all the way from England over to the States and caught three musicology shows. I basically went to Vegas for two days just to see the Prince show there. Uh, so that's probably the, the craziest thing I've done. So you went there just for the concert. Uh, you weren't just in America well, anyway. Was, no, that was the instigation. Because I'd made this promise to myself that I'm going to see him wherever he plays next, and so it all worked out well because I, you know, was able to link in. Like the first thing I did was buy the tickets, and then I planned the, bought the uh, plane flight, and then worked out all the. You know itinerary around that, but that was that was the instigating thing. So that's the mm. craziest thing. I've uh,
2: player. Aw. Oh, I don't have any glory stories like you guys, but probably the thing I always used to do was just go into say the city and just go to like ten or twelve record stores, just looking for print stuff, whatever I could get.
3: Oh, we've all done
0: that.
2: Yeah, yeah see,
3: spend the whole day. Exactly. Going through Red Eye Records, going through
1: all the vinyl. Especially when you had absolutely no stuff.
0: Looking for that 12-inch of the Carmen Electra B-side and all this kind of (laughs) thing. Yeah. We've all
1: done (laughs) it. Never never done that before. Um, mm.
3: Okay, me. I haven't done anything that mental (laughs) because the concerts that I've been to have all been... They just happened to be when I was around. Like I went to the first celebration in 2000 which was in Minneapolis. I just happened to be in Montreal at the time, so it was only a 20... I think it was a 23-hour bus ride to Minneapolis. Good old Greyhound bus. Won't be doing that again. But it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun trip. But, um, yeah, 23 hours on a Greyhound bus from Montreal to Minneapolis. That's pretty crazy. Not, not such a pleasant experience.
1: That is a pretty crazy. was the celebration <laughs> a Pleasant. But it was
3: a cheap experience. ticket. I mean, that's not... It wasn't a huge financial crazy thing to do. It was not It was like 50 bucks or something on the bus. And the celebration week was only... I can't remember. It wasn't much, though. And then two musicology shows I went to. I just happened to be in America anyway. So I went to two of those. Um, well, like Turjam, I have flown to a different country to see a concert, which was... The one night alone I saw one of the Japanese shows I was in Korea at the time and then he came I went to the Fukuoka concert and flew over there just for that I stayed there one night and then I came back that was the only reason I went there I was there one day and I was back the next day after the concert but that's nothing really mental meh I can believe I forgot this one of, before
0: hmm? Oh, you go first.
3: I was just going to say I've spent a lot of money on CDs and rare things and lots, lots of recordings of this artist. A lot of money. <laughs> like I said at the start, I'd be if we'd never had Prince as our main artist, we'd be a lot richer. I definitely.
2: And would then be. year after year, we don't learn lessons, and in one month's time, they're in the bargain bins for two dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: That's
2: true. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the business one, but in
0: 2006, I tried to organize, like, a Prince fan meetup. Cool. Oh. And it was actually all right, because I um, uh, had a cousin who had a little restaurant and, like, was downstairs, had a little, like, a mini club area kind of thing. And so I had, you know, Prince Music blasting out all night. And I had a few people turn up, but it was, you know, mainly just some casual people, casual fans kind of thing. So Because I'd come back leaders. from England... Because in England there they have like a Prince fan meet up every two weeks and I'd always be there. there would always be like 30 40 people there so that was always great fun. So I tried to do something hey, similar.
3: I might have Brisbane. seen you I might have seen you there. Yeah? Did you go to the one where they first played The Rainbow Children?
0: No, I was there 2003 and 2004.
3: Oh, just after. Cuz there was one and it had just came out like I think a day before and they played it like that night. Yeah. And there was it was in some club, it was downstairs. In that would a cool. Nightclub basement thing. And it was really cool. It was probably about 40, 50 people there, which was more yeah. than I expected. And that
0: was cool. I think I've still got the flyer somewhere. Then yeah, I my- remember I, I rocked up to one. Um, and there was, you know, I was expecting it to be like no one turn up sort of thing. And there was like, you know, 20, 30 people there. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Everyone's just hanging around talking about prints. It's great fun.
2: Mm. You know, and yeah, there's good. all our Brisbane listeners going, oh, that's the guy. That's <laughs> him. <laughs> that Brisbane You've been revealed.
3: <laughs> you can't hide anymore be d- behind Toe Jam. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just thinking of all the crazy things I've done. There haven't been that many. Uh,
0: I gotta, uh, has anyone crossed this line yet? Has anyone bought the 3121 perfume?
1: No, no, nah no, neither have I not I'm, that okay. crazy <laughs>
0: neither have I <laughs> I love you're that if you, if you I go thought that you were about distance. to say if you go that distance you're, you're reaching another level of Prince Phantom. I think
1: yeah you're like um what's her name Shelby, <laughs> Shelby.
0: hey
3: you Shelby, Shelby, Shelby you know come on Asher I was just about to say um, I haven't even bought 3121 the album so <laughs> where do I fit in
1: you're kidding right I don't have it uh, No, you're joking you're every, an idiot every other album you're an absolute fool.
3: I've every other album except. <laughs> yeah, that one. God, our ratings are high
1: enough. You don't have to start ridiculous rumors like but talking that. Talking
3: about on. the perfume, I did have <laughs> a bunch of the Get Wild perfume because when I think it was in '99, after when the the Camden MPG store closed, yeah. Madhouse yeah. Music bought all the crap. But before they bought all the crap. Someone turned up at one of the music fairs in London in Earl's Court and was selling it off <laughs> fairly cheaply, and I spent a lot of money. I actually worked for them. I've worked for Prince, technically. I worked uh, at that stall for two days oh. and got a nice goodie it bag it at print? the end of it. I got a nice goodie bag at the end of it. I got about five of the Get Wild perfume. I got about five, four, or five, wow. four or five of the crystal ball in the stupid plastic round case. <laughs> And I got a rave shirt and a pen and a pad, a whole bunch of crap, you and got the, the big rave jersey, the NPG jerseys, loads of
2: them. You know, Prince is in Paisley Park at this minute, going through files looking for your employee details. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, all that crap—it was sitting in a warehouse from the '98 November tour. Was it November '98? Yeah, it was November, December that Euro. New Power Soul Tour and all this crap had sat in a warehouse for at least six months and then someone crap. Just, and then someone said just go to the music fairs and just flog it just get rid of it which is what they did
1: that's and, hilarious
3: and that was all that's my story I worked for a guitar <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: and I took a nice a, a fair few bags home as well
1: alright so uh, each and every one of us has done something crazy let's move on uh...
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you're not getting off that easy man you, you it. it's your gun.
1: You're on. The is stage. it really? Play? Have you said yours already? Really? Yeah. Well, well, I think step everyone. A step to the stage. MC. I think. I think everyone. Everyone knows what I did. And I, I, I don't know how crazy it is.
3: A quick recap then. Thirty seconds. Well, what
1: did well, you do? Hold on. Well, I, I, I was in um, Montreux. <laughs> yes. I went to the gigs now, that hopefully now, will you be live released. In Australia, you're... first of all. Currently,
3: yeah. And you. <sighs> Flew to Switzerland, mm. the other side of the world. still the same planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's not like it was Mars. You
1: wouldn't know. Yeah. It's not like I went on the $200,000 Virgin's trip to the moon, for God's I sake. I a line in
0: the sand when it comes to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so you flew to
3: Zurich? How many, how many flights? How many, how many hours to take to get uh, there I
1: don't know. A More lot. than the gig went for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you went there. You saw the Montreux concerts, and you went straight back on a plane back to Australia.
1: Correct. And you got hassled by customs and everything. <laughs> Correct. I got hassled by freaking customs. <laughs> Barely got the posters and my belongings back, but um, <laughs> I had the greatest experience I've ever had beating the uh, two thousand and three. Even though they have a they have a they have a place in my heart, you know, the first times I ever saw Prince live, soundcheck, etc. Yeah, Montreux was um Montreux was on another level. Because I think he was on another level, so hopefully we'll we'll get to see some footage. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, that's on on surface value. That sounds crazy, but I remember writing you guys messages and posts. and Doesn't anyone here think that my logic was in any way justified? Like, you have to say it was a strong case.
3: Yeah. I just kept egging you on because I didn't think you were going to do it. You pushed me, Captain. You I'm just like, me go on, go on, do it, go.
1: You, you go owe on. me about I mean, you one. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: really did it, he's insane.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about it when you guys were, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone said the tickets would only be like you know a third of the price that they actually would. Like, I'll think about that. I looked it up myself and the tickets were going to be three times that. I'm like, oh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, to tell the truth, I, I was going to go with you, MC, remember? Mm. I, I could have gone.
1: That would have been really cool. If
3: it, if we had like more than you know what two more weeks notice, notice, yeah. If we had a month's notice, I would have been there too. So yeah, I I just barely. It's crazy as you.
1: <laughs> I barely, I barely made it. I barely made it. you know. I was just lucky enough to get the opportunity. Um, someone that I know was very kind and they allowed me to, to do that. And um, yeah, you know, made made a kind of a small dream come true because. And you know, it's funny. I know you guys have heard me talk about it since. Um, incessantly unfortunately for you guys but um, now that that I've done that it's like it's almost like Mecca you know it's like uh, it was just I I had to do it again and now that I've done it it's like that's it if I don't ever see another Prince live gig in my life I'll be fine with it but I just needed to do it and what a stage to do it on you know Mm. Montreux Jazz Festival it'll live with me forever um God, the listeners must be sick of my mantra rants. I'm surprised no one's written anything on my. You know, I'm the only. Uh, and, and please don't take this as a simp symph- symphony sympathy vote. But um, I think my little section on the forums is the only one that hasn't had any th- any posts.
3: Because that's because so, you haven't. And I'd like anything. to keep it that
1: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's because I haven't said anything that's true so um okay getting back to back to the show and we'll be closing it up finishing it up soon but a couple of other things that we'll, we just wanted to to mention and go through one of which was um why are we still all fans today I asked that same question <laughs> every morning when you wake up right um yeah I mean that's the question What's the answer why are we all fans today Um, anyone someone take the floor player Why are you still a Prince fan today? What is it about this artist that... that, Uh. You know, why do you do this show, for God's sake? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Who are
2: you? um, I guess there's always something in the music that keeps drawing me in. Like, if he had, I guess, three consistently shit albums, maybe I would wander off. But there's something... There's either a song or couple of songs or, you know, something about it that keeps me in there.
3: Hasn't he already done that?
2: And the live stuff.
3: <laughs> hmm.
2: I think that's it. If he stopped touring and put out really bad albums that didn't have one thing that, you know, let's News, say... Yeah. News
3: part two and three and four. Uh, but here's, 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 the, here's
1: the funny thing, like, if a, if if another artist made a few albums and they only had, like, one or two good tra- great tracks on them, would would you have the same response
2: yeah I guess that's a good point yeah yeah I guess I I mean mean, I've been following him for so long I guess it's it's just a way of life it's almost a way of life yeah
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean let me put another question out before we we get around to everyone else is it safe to say because it might not be um that out of all of us here uh he'd be your favourite artist yeah yeah definitely I, I would I'd be a in the affirmative? Yeah. Definitely. Captain? Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking yes. But? John uh, Farnham is creeping up from behind. He is.
3: But no, I... Uh, I'll say yes. But there's... It's, it's okay. But there's, <laughs> but there's others honest. which are very close by.
1: Who's close? Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken.
3: <laughs> Actually, if you go to Peach and Black... .proboards.com
1: Ah, <laughs> great, great placement We've there. we put
3: our lists of our favourite artists and songs and stuff, and they're all there.
1: Get some comments My happening. My favourites. So you'd say he, he barely scrapes it, but he probably well,
3: is. Well, a few years ago I would have said definitely yes, but since probably 2003, 2004... There's others creeping up very closely behind.
1: Okay, all right. So, Jim?
0: Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no like, doubt at all. Like
3: you said, it's it It's a way of life. I is mean, I think it? about it. I've invested that much money, I can't just quit. <laughs> it's
0: like the <laughs> bombs.
3: Yeah, I've just got to keep hoping that something good's going to come because I've already spent that much money. I can't give up now. I'm just going to so, keep
1: going. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> something good the guy the guy's released yeah. more albums than most artists combined and he's waiting for something good to happen on the Titanic you're going down with, in, with the ships so. mm.
3: and then those violins start playing and I'll be like finally a decent song thank god
1: <laughs> Vanessa May returns so um alright so okay well, it's pretty much safe to say that, that you know this is this is our favourite artist so I just wanted to put that out there you know it's it, it's not always a certainty oh, I, I wasn't sure myself but um, God, if there, if there was anyone above him, then you should you should really be doing a different podcast, the the, the John Farnham special. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a new last last time playing the hits tour is announced. Um, so players gone through it. Um, what what keeps you a fan, Captain? I guess you, you mentioned oh three oh four. You know that that was a critical critically bad period for you. What um the question? Why, is fan?
3: why are you still a Prince fan today? correct well the the answer is <laughs> I, i've spent that much money I'm, in, I'm i'm invested
1: you're in debt actually with, with
3: money and time mm. that i just can't give up mm. if i'd only bought 5 cd's of prince ever i would have walked a long time
1: ago really yeah really i think that, that's an interesting position if i
3: if i didn't spend that much time and that much money I probably. That almost be. sounds
1: like that almost sounds like like the ball and chain syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's similar. Yeah, I, I'm stuck with it.
3: <laughs> that's it. I, I'm not going to get a You're divorce. You're a grumbling,
1: mumbling <laughs> fan for <laughs> life. That's the,
3: that's the perfect way to say it. Because if I get divorced, I'm just going to lose so much money. It's not <laughs> worth it. I'll just stay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect analogy for it. That's
1: fair, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Jam why are you still a fan? But
3: I still am a fan. But a lot less than I used to be.
1: Okay. Uh, for
0: me. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much the same with player. Like, you know, you look at something like Lotus Flower, and, and you know, it's an amazing album. So why wouldn't you still be a fan? I think. Um, I think I've gone past that point where I expect him to surprise me. Like I was saying before, you know, every sort of six months, you'd be like, oh my god, he can do this also. I think I've, I've reached that point where I can. I sort of feel like I know what he can do and what he can't do kind of thing hmm. um, but you know you look at an album like Lotus Flower how, how can you not like that album why, why wouldn't you still be a fan yeah. it is a good album and you know I agree with, with Captain also like it just becomes like as a collector it kind of just becomes like stamp collecting like you <laughs> collect it just because you haven't got it yet kind of thing even though you don't necessarily need it or want it good but,
3: point <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you know it is it's just a it's like Routine, you know, you wake up, you go to Prince.org, or as you used to go to Housequake, and you just read through all the crap and waste
1: hours <laughs> for no particular reason except yeah, that's what me you up. do. Yeah, cracking me up. What have our lives become? <laughs> um, yeah,
0: okay. I think you also get entrenched in the community as well, like like with Prince Org and well, and mm. formerly Housequake more so. That you know, you kind of become you be, you start to know some of the regulars. We're part and, of a you know, cult. Generally. yeah that's let's <laughs> yeah. let's
1: be honest
3: <laughs> well you can't forget the um inverted commas community that there was on the MPG music club as well on mm. the forums on there mm. that was an interesting time
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> getting kicked off chat <laughs> chat rooms and how
3: all many that. times did I get kicked out of that God. chat room <laughs> I,
1: I've lost count as well <laughs> I don't think I've used the chat room there, so. <laughs> oh yeah that's hilarious um I don't know, I'll i close off on this topic anyway, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap it all up. But um, if anyone's wondering why I'm still a Prince fan, I, it's um it's probably a combination of things. You guys have hit on most of them. One thing is this: I, I um I without blowing up, you know, blowing my own horn, I, I I tend to think like probably everyone does that I listen to a wide variety of music, and I, and at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that I just don't hear. What I hear with his stuff in many, if any other artists, I hear parts of it, maybe because he 's such an amalgam of amalgamation of you know all sorts of sounds. but when I put on a prince record, it gives me a feeling unlike any other artist in the world it 's different from um, you know all the various periods of classical music it 's different from late nineteenth century it 's different from 20 and 30s 20s and 30s music which I listened very lit you know I listened to very little of that music but then I've been getting into a lot of 40s and 50s stuff a lot of bluegrass and blues uh, even early early jazz influences very different from that like I don't hear much of the- then you go 50s and 60s you know cultural revolution musical revolution hippie rock funk fusion. You know, through all sorts of artists, from Frank Zappa, Jimi Hendrix, to Weather Report, Earth, Wind, and Fire, through all the pop groups, just you name it, right? Hip-hop, R&B. You know, we can just name genres and and, and bands and artists, but it, it all comes down to this: the fact that when I put on a Prince record, it's just unlike anything else, and um, and and it's it doesn't always sound. He's not always the deepest lyricist or the deepest, you know, like when I listen to, to certain songs by, by a, you know, I don't know, John Lennon, for example, you get a certain emotion or an intuition from, from the, his, the intent in his singing. But there's something about the sounds that Prince creates that are very, very unique to my ear, and I think that it comes down to that, so uh, it's, it's difficult to describe, I guess, but... I've just Mm. done a huge whirlwind circle and attempted to. (laughs) That's about it.
3: I'm just trying to think what I get or used to get out of listening to Prince music. You're saying, you know, you put it on and you get this feeling like you don't get with anyone else. Mm. I'm just trying to think what that was for me. And I can't think of it. I I can't I can think of it for some other artists. But... I think the main thing for Prince would probably be the groove which is what that's the main thing I like about Prince's stuff live stuff you look at 93, 94, 95 NPG some of the grooves that they played just blew my mind and I haven't heard them since With as good as the bands he's had since then have been they haven't had that same funk level for me and the tightness and just the intuitive thing they all had with each other. They knew what they were doing. And since then, I just don't think any bandy's had has had that. But I can think for other artists like with John Farnham. Not so much,
1: no, <laughs> How do no, we go no. from Prince to John no, Farnham? It, it, it amazes <laughs> me. But not
3: so much now, but like 1987, 1988, Jesus. when his vocals were just absolutely blow your mind and some of the notes he hit that's when I listen to that that blows my mind as well and that's why I like John Farnham more 80s than now but with Prince it was that early to mid 90s NPG band that had that groove and that's the thing that I like
1: yeah but I, I think the groove It's probably fairly Fairly crucial. The only thing is that, like, insofar as it's a funk groove, a lot of his grooves are fairly funky. Fairly funky, oh my God. Like, the, the funkiest. But, um, like, I think of other f- funk bands, and there's a lot of them out there. Even going back to sliced St- uh, like, even slice and James Brown, JB's, all those kinds of guys, Funkadelic, Parliament, um, etc. He's just still distinctly different. He borrows a lot from that sound, but, mm. I mean... I don't know why. Like you, okay. You think, you think Parliament, you think Earth, Wind and Fire, you think Rick James. They're, they're, as different as they are. They're very similar to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a, yeah. He's he's just he's very unique in 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 what he does, or at least his classic material. It's just is very difficult to compare?
3: Well, that Man, that, Man, that could Man, be Man. the one thing why I'm still here. I mean, to, after Rainbow Children, there was a few albums I didn't think they were that great but you know you always hope there's going to be another great album it's it's going to be Sign of the Times Part 2 there's going to be that next great album and you keep waiting for that because you know he can do it Mm, he has he's got it in him to do it whether he
1: does do it is up to him he's already done it he released Lotus Flower and MPLS Sound (laughs) exactly
3: Lotus Flower was the album a lot of people had been waiting for for a fair few years and that's why I'm still here because, like I said, I do not own Thirty One Twenty One. I never bought it. I only have a copy of Musicology because I got it free at the concert.
1: Have you heard it though? I've heard it, <laughs> but Just to clarify I never that.
3: bought it. Hmm. Well, we reviewed it. Obviously, I've heard it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I only got Musicology because it was free at the tour. I got Planet Earth free in the UK newspaper. Um, I haven't spent a lot of money on him recently to be honest it's good
1: you're recovering your debts
3: yeah, I'm, I'm slowly clawing back the money
1: I wonder you'll be able to afford to buy a new shirt <laughs> <laughs> a
3: shirt that you haven't received in the mail yet
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I could buy one before you get don't worry this. don't worry I feel the same way I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the position to afford many things at the moment because I, I made a whirlwind trip around the world but it was all worth it um Tojo and Blair, you guys are quiet. Anything else to add as we close up this podcast about you know Prince beginnings, influences, musical influences, our listening pasts, anything at all? Um, well, I think well, if we're talking about what drew us to Prince, I think for me it was
0: always the um, the harmonies. The harmonies was the main thing, I think. I'm, like One of the first things I really appreciated on 1999 was the way the keyboard and the guitars were mixed together. This The way he mixes sounds together is what's always sort of been the main thing of what's fascinated, uh, fascinated me about his music. That's not the only thing, but that's probably the, the thing that drew me in, and the thing that still keeps me going consistently. He's
3: a good arranger, I've got to say that.
1: Absolutely, He's yeah. Excellent arranger, yeah. Mm.
3: Produced, arranged, composed, recorded by Prince. Mm. All those things. Written by...
1: I... yeah. This is a whole other podcast as well, but imagining... Um, imagine sitting down in a studio alone and granted other artists have done this but imagine sitting down in a studio alone, completely alone with no other you know, outside influences, just you and you know, a drum machine a bass guitar, a synth line some mics and a studio at your disposal and coming up with some of the jams like some of the early to mid 80s jams that he came up with it's, it's mind blowing to me you know that's a, that's a big that's a big part of why I'm a fan. It's it, don't you guys get the feeling that a lot of the times when you listen to a Prince track or a Prince album more so, that you, you're really getting the artist's vision and yeah. it's kind of like you think, yeah, he did this, he wanted this exactly this way, or he wrote that line, or you know, he's performing on this track, and you think to yourself, yeah, this, I'm I'm getting pure like it's direct from the source. It's not watered down. It's not you know this is. You know this is this is this guy who makes music, he records music, he plays it, and I'm hearing it. There's you know it's not a whole lot of commercial bullshit for the most part, um, regardless of anyone's opinions about his music at different points in the career, you know it's like it's direct from the source. So I think a lot of that also, as he
0: said many times in interviews that he doesn't believe in demos. Uh, so he when he records a song he, he starts with the intention of, uh, is I'm going to record a song and it, it might go on the album kind of thing yeah. he doesn't record a demo and then well he, he obviously has over the years but in, in many of the, many of those examples the you know the uh, what he's released may not necessarily be as good as um, the original version of it mm. so I think that's one of his strengths also is that he you know he when he records he starts off with that intent is I'm not recording a demo I'm recording the song that's going to be on the album kind of
2: thing <laughs> I think that's changed over the years though because in the possibly. more recent work like he starts with that idea but then it just gets overproduced sometimes
1: yeah possibly yeah I, I mean one thing uh, we this discussion was always going to go in many different directions but something that popped up into my mind now is this issue of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and this might be slightly from left field but Imagine if you were this guy, right? And you're going in, like, after everything is ever released, ever done, on stage, in concert, in passing, in interviews, demos, studio work, unreleased work, released work, you know, uh, compositions for other artists, playing for other artists, other bands, protégés. Imagine sitting down tomorrow morning and coming up with a new song or a new groove or a new beat we, we don't talk about this we actually rarely talk about you know his music in, in such a way I think but it just crossed my mind how ridiculously rare that is I mean how can you not repeat yourself and he does but how can, I mean I can't imagine just going into a studio thinking to myself and coming up with something new how does that even work how does that guy's mind work when he goes into a studio with everything that he's done it's just strange strange to me hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you guys have ever thought of, thought about that or f- like tried to fathom what that feels like yeah
2: I think he's it, it, I think head. he finds it a challenge himself to to come probably, up with things yeah. new yeah.
1: probably what keeps him going yeah but it it is I mean it's amazing to me it just blows my mind when I think about it Um, and especially knowing that I guess it's almost like a guilty pleasure knowing that you listen to an artist who you know with the help of technology can record an album on his own by playing stuff by composing by structuring things you know like it's just there's an element of of um uniqueness rarity and, and amazingness to him and his art that I think is rare not only in modern music but I think in music in general Um, And, you know, again, I'm just coming up with more reasons why I'm such a fan.